All right, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what you're going to say. You're going to say it just like I say it, okay? Okay. All right, puppy. You're going to say hello? Hello. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. To my daddy's podcast. You got to look here, puppy. You got to do it here. Daddy's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. To my daddy's. To my daddy's. Podcast. Podcast. Say Daddy Dialogue. Daddy Dialogue. Daddy Dialogue Podcast. Daddy Dialogue Podcast. Yo, what's going on? It's your man Jay Blaze here on the Daddy Dialogue Podcast. Excited to have you guys with me again. First time using Riverside, and so far so good, I think, right? What do you think, Zach? Looks okay? Looking money to me. Everything looking crisp. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm excited about this. We'll see how this goes. Well, today I have a special guest, and for those that don't know, this is Dad Chat. It's powered by the Daddy Dialogue Podcast, uh, where we pretty much showcase amazing fathers in the process in this platform. And so I've been able to do a couple of these Dad Chats where we talk to fathers who I think are amazing or in process, and we get to really show who they are on this platform in the process of what God may be doing in their life. And today I have Zach Childress. Did I say that correctly? Got it. I said it correctly. Okay. Zach Childress uh, from the Dirty Devotional Podcast, uh, a new training. This guy does a bunch of different things, but the reason why I have him on here is because his amazing story. And one, I'm going to be like, straightforward and be honest here because this is the way he is on his podcast uh this is so crazy in this very weird and confusing season of my faith walk i really was asking god father i just need to listen to a podcast that i can relate to that's honest and that's real and that shows that i have flaws and i have issues and i'm dirty and i'm messed up and i really need you and in all the midst of all these crazy podcasts because i listen to a bunch of different podcasts came this crazy looking dirty devotional thing that I was like, what is this? Why is this guy spilling a drink on what looks like sort of like a Bible? And sort of that thing caught my attention. It caught my attention. And I was like, yo, I got to go check this out because this is not like the cookie cutter church stuff that I've been listening to for a while. And so then I met this guy named Zach and he didn't know I was listening to stuff. I was just religiously every week, a couple times a week, I would listen to his devotionals. He has a, a devotional a podcast that he does almost every day. Sometimes he'll skip here and there. The man has a lot going on, but he does does his podcast. And so I started riding on this journey. And I think that's what the exciting part about this podcast was for me. Wasn't it, it wasn't just that he was just telling me what to do. He was keeping me on a journey. He was keeping me very honest. And so I became attracted to that. And I was like, you know what? Finally, someone... I can sort of confide in and be like, man, I'm I'm dealing with this in my life personally. And at the same time, when I started to dig deeper into Zach's life, I was like, this man's story is like ridiculous. Like the fact he's even sitting here giving me a podcast is God all day. And so for those that don't know, because you're like, what are you talking about? Who is this guy? This guy with this crazy hair. That, who is this dude? I'm going to tell you a little bit about Zach Childress. Zach is a trainer, used to be a pastor. Uh, I mean, when you hear his podcast, you might think he's a pastor. I mean, you can tell by the way he speaks, the way he articulates, the way he communicates. Uh, there's just something there. Uh, he may not right right now. He may not jump and be like, yeah, that's what I am. 
but he's a pastor to a lot of people that don't feel like either they want to go to church or that they're looking to be a part of a church body. And so like God calls people for different things. I think Zach is here for a group of people that is extremely unique and extremely different. And so first of all, Zach, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for making some time for me. Uh, I've been watching you for a couple of months now and I was just asking God for the right time to be like, father, where can I get Zach on here? We'll even be down for this. Uh, and you were so open, man, from the beginning, you were like, yeah, bro, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And so first Zach, um, cause I know we can sit here for hours and talk about this amazing testimony you got. Uh, I'll, we'll get into it into pieces. I think what I want to tackle in this conversation is something you talk about extensively all the time. And it's about depression and anxiety. And so you talk about this relentlessly. I mean, this is like a lot of what you went through, what God has healed you from and stuff you still deal with on a constant basis. And so where I wanted to start from was for a lot of people that don't know, Zach used to be a pastor. And so after doing some homework, I got mad because I was like, man, this man has a website. He never really talks about it. He has amazing merch on there. He has a Bible workshop on there. All these great resources. I'm like, this guy barely says anything. If you don't know, there's a community. And I, I know I'm blabbering a bunch of information, but Zach has a really dope community of the Dirty Fam. It's on Facebook. Go follow them. Go check them out. It's not just a guy posting random stuff. It's people who are in need. People who are looking for prayer. People who are struggling. And Zach and a group of people come together. They pray. They speak life into people. And so we'll talk about that community in a second. But uh, I do want to make sure we jump into Zach first. So you were a pastor. For people that don't know, you were a pastor. Yep. Some situation. We're not going to get into detail. This isn't about bashing a church or people. It's really about seeing God come through in the midst of everything you went through. So Zach, you were a, you were a pastor. A situation happened where you were sort of ousted or fired uh, from your pastoral duties. And then I, I don't know if if depression and anxiety was something before you even dealt with being a pastor or did it come after that no it's something i definitely had dealt with my whole life i uh i wouldn't have known to call it that if i was honest um my mother struggled okay. with very very severe depression growing up and i would see how she handled it and i was like oh that's not me um you know i grew up in a family of addicts my mom medicated a lot of her um a lot of her mental health issues away and i didn't relate to it i really didn't but as i grew up something I realized was I would go to bed at night and I would always feel like there's got to be something more to, to my life. Like I just didn't feel like I mattered. I felt invisible. I felt like things, nothing would be going wrong and I felt wrong. Um, and that's something I always had felt. And I'd noticed that like um, that, that I could be in a group of people and people who love me and care about me. And I would still feel alone. I would, I'd feel like no one, if I wasn't here, it would be better off without me. And I grew up with a stall, and I just never connected it to depression until 2020 started. 2020 came around, and uh, the campus I was a pastor at was shut down due to COVID. And so all of a sudden, I didn't have really any anything to give myself to. Um, I had spent my whole life trying to to become a pastor, and now all of a sudden, we couldn't be together. And I would find myself on Sundays literally waking up crying. Uh, I would be, I'd be heartbroken. I'd be sad. I feel like I just don't, I feel like I just didn't have any purpose. I felt like every, nothing I did mattered. And I would have all these people. I would talk to people and they would be like, no, Zach, like you're so good. You help so many people. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't hear them. You know, it was like I heard them, but I couldn't hear them. 
And I started going to really diving into therapy in 2020. And it was in this time after about four months, my therapist is like basically diagnosed me with uh, anxiety and depression disorder. And he's like, dude, this is something you struggle with. This is a uh, hereditary thing. Your mom struggled with it. And man, when I, I tell you, I felt like an idiot. I had no idea that anxiety and depression was hereditary. Not, not a clue. I, I should have known, but I didn't know. And it felt like a nail in the coffin to me. Like it felt like everything I was trying to, to do differently in my life didn't matter. It just didn't. It felt like I was going to become my mom. It felt like I was going to become my family that I had worked so hard to, to be different in. And man, it, it, it shook me. It shook me bad. You know, the doctor, the therapist wanted to put me on medication. I didn't, I didn't want to do medication because it felt like all I could think of was I'm going to become an addict again. Like I'm going to relapse. I'm going to go back into wanting drugs. Um, I had struggled with drugs when I was in high school and I said, man, I just don't want to do it. And so uh, I fought it a lot. And in July of 2020, I got removed from my job pretty suddenly, um, got removed as my, as my role as a pastor. And that hurt. That was tough. Um, but I'm, I'm fairly resilient. And four days later, I had launched a new, I had tried to get this business going and uh, just tried to ignore the, the pain that I was dealing with uh, is basically what it ended up being. And three weeks later, the, the church I was at had made a decision that if any of the staff had communicated with me, that he would accept that as their resignation. Um, and so me and my wife at the time, we were we were excommunicated in, in the best way I could put it. I mean, it is, we couldn't go back to the church on Sunday. People couldn't talk to us. And when I tell you it, it unleashed something in me so dark that it, it, it was just unbelievable. The best way I describe it is being lost at sea. And, um, dude, it, it was, it was scary. It was so scary. I, I wanted to ask you, cause it's something that I've always wondered and I remember a couple of years ago, Zach, I was, I went through a, se- a season where I was, where I was depressed, but I didn't know I was depressed. I, I and that's a question mm-hmm. I want to ask you for people who may be watching and wondering, because I, I think it's a really key question because a lot of people may be depressed and don't even know it. What are things that we can yeah. look for when we're, de- I remember the only real, the only real, the only reason I realized I was depressed, it was because I was communicating a certain way with my wife and internally I kept feeling like no matter what she was saying, I kept going back to the negative. It was just horrible. And it took me a long time, months later to be like, bro, I was really depressed. Like something was really messed up with me. How do people who somebody, a dad or a mom who's watching, they're not a hundred percent sure. And you know, like in the stigma in church is like, we have the Lord and we're never depressed. And we're like, you know, holy in the that. Yeah. How do you know? So yeah. Stupid. Everybody, I think everybody <laughs> deals with it. How do you know when you're depressed? What are some of the symptoms or things that you could be looking for internally questioning like, okay, I might be struggling with depression right now? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things. I think the constant negativity. If you find yourself always finding the negative in every situation that you're in about yourself or about your situation, I think there could be potentially a level of depression there. I think chronic fatigue. And so I can tell you, I was sleeping like 12 hours a day in my darkest season. And it, it, it just was like I was so tired. Um, when tasks that take that should take 30 seconds or five minutes feel daunting and paralyzing, 
um, I think I think you could be dealing with depression. I think if you find yourself constantly asking the question, um, does anyone care, or you feel like no one, like if you if you disappeared, no one would matter, or you, no one would care, you're probably dealing with depression. Um, the anxiety part comes with you. It comes together when things sort of. Because I, I, I'll give you an example. I had a friend. Uh, I still we're still friends. He told me like. He was a drug addict, but he said the only way he got into drugs was if he was started drinking beer. And so he would drink beer and then that would catapult into drugs like he needed that to jumpstart it with depression and anxiety. Does it go hand in hand when it comes to you or a lot of the cases you've seen or does one trigger the other? Uh, it, it definitely is hand in hand for me. Um, they they uh, anxiety in my mind always leads me to depression. And so it's always based off a of false narrative. And so I will feel like someone is thinking something about me or I'm doing something the wrong way and it causes me to stress. And that anxiety over the course of time, if I don't handle that anxiety quickly, what ends up happening is that false narrative starts to define me. And so it's no longer something that's happening around me. It's now something that's happening in me. And so it's, for instance, it would be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so worried that like I handled the situation wrong, like I have... I have someone who's like upset at me and I'm, I'm worried about it. And then before I know it, it's like that it goes from I'm worried what they think about me to Zach. Here's what I think about myself. I suck. I'm awful. I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. It looks like that with money. And, you know, if I uh, if I'm financially struggling, I get create anxiety about my business and about the podcast. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what if. Like, what if all these people leave? What if they wake up one day and they realize, oh, my gosh, I'm not this great person. Like, I really do suck. And, I, and then that moves from that to, wow, Zach, you, really, you are this awful person, you know. And I'll never forget. I, I hate to talk about it too much, but I'll never forget sitting. The, one of the last times I sat across from the pastor of the church I worked at before, he looked at me and he said, he said, I have to protect my sheep from you. And I was like, does that make me a wolf? And it, and I don't think I don't think his intent was to be that damning to me, but it it condemned me in a way that I was like, it, it had solidified every little seed of of negativity and insecurity I had in my life was brought to this moment of being like I have to protect people from you. You're you're that unhealthy that I have to protect people. And what it did is it made me it made me more unhealthy. Um, and I'm guessing that in in the same respect started messing with you as far as how you communicated with people, even being around church people, even going to church period. How was that transition? And did you, how long was from that moment on where he told you that, and you went through that mental process, how long did it take where you stepped foot in a church period? Like, was it a couple of years? Was it a couple of months? Uh, how, how did that, and, and what happened in that season in between the fact of you processing that stuff and then what took what was the moment that you were like no matter what they said if what they said i was i know what i am and you step foot back in a church again it took um i finally stepped back into a church consistently september of last year um so it took it took a couple years um and i would go to church but every time i would step into a church dude i would have like anxiety attacks I would I would zip front and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're going to hurt people. You shouldn't be here. You've like burned too many bridges. Like, look at your church experiences. Like and I would I would be hypercritical. I would look at a pastor come on stage. and I'd be like, this guy's out to hurt me. This guy's out to get me. 
And dude, it would my heart rate would shoot up. I would start crying, shaking, sweating. Um, it took it took a long time, and it, it felt like what was really ironic is I felt like the devil was taunting me with it. Uh, I remember the first time I sat down to watch a a church service online, and it would have been probably like eight months removed, and I turned it on, and it was on uh, the the value church family brings to you. And the whole message was on how you could depend on the church to help you in your darkness, that you could, they would never leave you, that the promise of God, that he would never leave you and forsake you, that the church was this and the church was with you through it all. And I was like, this is, this is bullshit. Sorry for my, I mean, this is, this is like, this is not real. Like, cause I've been in the church before and they've said, welcome home. And it was that you were all in the family until you struggled or something happened. And then it was, sorry, good luck. Or, Hey, get that right before you come back. And I, dude, it just, it messed with me and it, it haunted me for a very, very long time. I think your story is extremely unique because usually, Zach, these stories end horribly bad, like to the point where people leave the faith period, don't have any kind of healing process at all, uh, aren't even in the process of considering going back. Um, and so when I heard your story and the fact that you do what you do now, even with the, even with the devotional and, and then it made sense to me when I was talking to you. You were like, yo, to be honest with you, this podcast is like a healing for me personally. Yes, I am helping others, yeah. but it is healing me. And so it started to connect because I was like, yeah, if you really listen, you guys go check out the podcast. Go follow the thing. Go get on his Facebook. <laughs> I'm telling you now. Okay. I don't, I listen to a bunch of different podcasts, but this is one of the few ones I really commend and respect and love. And it's not just because I'm talking to him, it's because he's extremely honest. And to put yourself in a position where you are a pastor and be vulnerable and show your discrepancies and issues. And that's not everyone. And so I say that from first hand account of hearing and just hearing how you maneuver and you talk to people. And so uh, this is the end part. And this is why I, I thought it was really powerful for us to have a conversation is one. What has been the transition of healing for you, although you're dealing with depression, anxiety, church hurt, all these things going on? We haven't even talked about a divorce and all these other problems that you're going through. Through all of that, God has seen you through till now. And I was reading your yeah. bio this morning and I was even more commended. I was like, this guy has been through hell and he still sees God at the end of the tunnel here continuously being faithful to Jesus and saying, Father, I'm going to follow you. Is he your prime example of what church should look like or what a pastor look like? Who gives a crap? I really don't care because I feel like God is going to use people in different seasons. And so I want to hear, because I think this is where the gold is in this conversation. People have amazing stories, but to see a, a story of redemption and in process, not that it's finished yet, but that God is still doing it. That's what called my attention. And I was like, I got to talk to this guy because there's people who may be going through the process or on either side of this story. Uh, and make it relative to how, however it is on their side. But how has the healing process been for you? I guess from, from last year, not just because I think the healing happened before you showed up and stepped foot in the church. I think there's some things that had to happen. Just like me in my personal life, I went to counseling and after a couple sessions, I was like, Oh my God, there's some issues I haven't dealt with internally when it comes to trauma and learned behavior that were affecting everything from me being a husband to being a father. All these things were being affected and the church just didn't know how to deal with it. They just didn't know. They didn't know how to attack it. And so I thank God this didn't become a session, a salty session of like, let's just talk about the church and hit on this pastor. And it wasn't, that's not what this is. But I want to hear, because I think, again, this is where the gold is. 
what the healing process has been for you, especially for those who may be dealing with depression, anxiety, or not really clear on where they stand when it comes to the faith walk. Not that you're the only answer, but I think your approach was a little unique and how you've approached it. I want to hear a little bit about the healing process for you so far, because I know you're in process. You say this countlessly. You make sure to make it a habit to tell people on the podcast, like, look, I'm not perfect. I'm still dealing with this, this, and this, but God has done so much already so far. And so I think it'll be a blessing for people to hear that part of the process when it comes to using. Yeah. And so for those, for those listening, um, you may be like, Oh my gosh. So what you got fired from a church and you got kind of what, what's the big deal? Was that that big of a deal? What, what else they need to know is two months later, I was literally, I tried to kill myself. Um, I was so deep in depression. And then after that, I was my, my wife at the time would come home and I would, I would be cutting, like I would just be cutting myself. Um, uh, then a month later from that, I literally came home and looked at my wife at the time in the eyes and said, hey, I'm going to have an affair. I went to my friends, the friends I had left and said, hey, I'm going to go cheat. It's probably a good idea for you to be done with me. And I went and did exactly that. And so I, when, I tell, when, when I tell people I was in a place of darkness of depression and believing that nothing good came out of me. I was like in it, like I was in it. And so I, when I came back after the affair, I left and went back home to North Carolina and spent a week with who was my student pastor at that time. Um, just, just to basically tell him like, Hey, I was done. Like I'm done. Like I'm done with church. I'm done with, uh, I, I never faltered in my belief that God loved me. I just, really faltered in my belief in myself that anything God could do anything good in me. And I went and he, he spent some time with me and I came back and I, my, some reason my friends and my wife at the time <laughs> didn't leave. They were still there, which was crazy because I had done everything I could to burn these bridges. Um, I started going to therapy twice a week. Um, I met with two different therapists. I met with a, um, a psychiatrist and started taking medication, which I had been so afraid of. Um, and I'll say this with the Christian community, sometimes prescription can feel like, uh, like, oh, you don't have enough faith to deal with it. Um, and that's just not fair. It's not fair in any way, shape or form. I believe that God has gifted people with hands and creative tools in the same way our father in heaven has creative tools. And he has, you know, he created all these things. We have that thumbprint in us and that we have these, these medications to help us. And it helped me. It did help me. Uh, in this time I watched, uh, I watched the uh, Mr. Rogers movie, uh, so so random, but it'll make sense. And at the end of the Mr. Rogers movie, he's sitting and he's having this conversation. And I say this a ton on my podcast, and it's my favorite quote. And he says, anything human is mentionable, and anything mentionable is tolerable. And literally, I heard that, and it was like, I, it unlocked something in me of like, I'm no longer going to be afraid to talk about what is going on inside of me. I don't wear it as a badge of honor. I wear it as a badge of authenticity of this is who I am. I'm a mess. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I do my best to figure it out and do my next best step. And, and that's what that process has been like. And between the counseling, between the, the medication, between the journaling, the podcast, the, the reaching out to friends, learning to be, to not hesitate and be like, Hey, I'm not doing good. I'll call my friends sometimes. And this happens probably at least once a month. I'll call them and I'll say, Hey, can you remind me three good things about myself? Because I can't see them. 
And that in the process has just made, has given me the tools I need to get through the bad seasons. Um, it's, it's a fight that's never over, but it's a fight I'm learning to win more and more as time progresses. And for me, that has been the key. That has been the key to that, you know. And, you know, my faith, my faith has never wavered. You know, when, when I met Jesus, I, I was an addict. I was having all these negative thoughts in my head. And man, if God does nothing else for me, he's done so much for me. Like, I mean, I, I was not a morally great person when I was in high school. I was pretty rough. And God gave me the chance to stand in front of people and say, hey, he's good. Like, and to be able to say what he did in my life. And and I, if he doesn't, doesn't do anything else, that's okay. And so I take every day as a chance to say, hey, like, I'm not, I don't have this thing figured out. But let me tell you, my God is really good. And even if you screw up, even if you mess up, even if you cuss a little, even if you, you drink or you struggle with drugs, like if you're divorced, if you cheated, whatever it is, like, man, like you are a prime candidate to be seen, known and loved by this God that just does not leave. He doesn't, he doesn't give up on us. And, and I, I, that, that has been like my, my hope, that's been my anchor. And all of this, my anchor has been like, no matter what happens, no matter how far off I get, I know I can come back home to my God. Like, I know that. And I know he's going to run and he's going to welcome me and he's going to love me. And he's, he, he's there for me. And I, I can always hold on to that, no matter what. This is, uh, this is Zach. This is Prime Zach <laughs> on the podcast. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm emotional because, man, I tell you, God will use the weirdest thing you think not possible to to use to invest in your life. And so I'm telling you, my friend, your story is extremely powerful to me. Even with everything I've dealt with, there's people that I was telling my wife this week, I was like, yo, I've been through some crap, but I'm going to interview this guy. I thought I was going through some stuff physically. This dude has been through hell. And so like, God is not that, not that I need to compare and be like, oh, his is worse and mine is bad and wah, wah, wah. But more like, wow, God, you still have it for me, regardless of all my situation, regardless of my suicide, my drugs, my issues, my problems, even with me, like I man, I'm, I'm telling you, I have, when I listen to you, I, I sit in the dialysis room for four hours. Okay. <laughs> three times a week. Uh, and I'm sitting in a chair. I have my arms stuck to some needles and I have a right hand that I'm holding. I'm listening to podcasts on my phone and I'm just looking for hope in the moment where the most confusion is coming. It, and it's something that God has continuously told me is that, you will continue to find my love in the in the places of most pain. And so yeah. I was telling my wife yesterday, like, man, I've been through a heck of a lot of pain the last 10 years, just physically, yeah. just dealing with my kidney issues, this and that. But God has always reminded me. And so with you, it has been that example. It's been like, yo, Zach, look at Zach's story, man. He like pay up. And I and I and I say this because I know there's dads that are going through issues. A lot of them aren't talking about it. A lot of them aren't bringing it up. A lot of them are keeping it to themselves because they have this macho bravado or this situation where they think, or they're men of God and they just feel like they can't open up to anyone or the, the pastor's not listening or the elder's not giving me communication. My wife is maybe not being open to what I'm saying. And so I'm saying there's an opportunity. There's a chance. God has an open door. If it's counseling, if it's the church, wherever it is, God is going to find a way. He used this man in this podcast 
to speak to me in a season where of total confusion. Like there's people right now that are, that are close friends of mine. They're like, what is Manny doing exactly? I've literally taken a break from church after going for 20 something years, having perfect attendance and saying, father, I'm going to rest on you with my family. Where I, I am going for those that are questioning. Yes, I'm going back to church, I'm not leaving church or the faith or Jesus. We just took a break and said, let us reconnect. Let us see where our family unit wants to go. What do we want to do? And God has used you in the midst of all this is happening to be like, Manny, you need to realign yourself. You need to, because if, if Zach has been through all this hell and back and this man is still faithful to you, Jesus, but Manny, your little problems seem minimal to what God can do. And so I think I want to end this like this. And, and I want to leave somebody or people here that are watching again, go check out the dirty devotional podcast on Spotify. Forget what I'm doing. Go check this man out. Uh, because my, <laughs> I really admire what he does. I really respect. I know he keeps saying like, why you keep, but yeah, it is a big deal to me. Uh, especially when it does something for my life. It helps me with my walk, my family, everything that I got going on. He doesn't even know. I tell him that all the time on text. So he knows what time it is, but it's no cap. It's real. And so I want people to leave with maybe something, something tangible, Zach, that they can, I, I know it, it looks from what I watch on your stories. You have a routine, bro. Like you have a routine that you follow. Uh, the man is a trainer. He works out. I see a lot of his clients. That's something else we could talk about in the future that I want to get to communicate with him on. Uh, and there's even programs he has that you can, you can get, uh, that help with anxiety, health, all this stuff, nutrition. You got to go check out his stuff. Dailydevotional.com. Dirtydevotional.com is the website. I went and looked at it. Had some free, go check out his merch too. It's, the shirts are pretty dope. I just saw them today. I was hot. Like, why you never say nothing? Like, I want a hoodie too. So, um, Tell me, man, something people can take if they leave this podcast and they're looking for something tangible to start. And they're saying, I'm a little, I don't, I may be, Zach, I may be dealing with depression, anxiety, be struggling in this era. What steps can I slowly start to take? Because I know it's, it's a daily process, but what steps can I take to sort of see myself on the other side from this? Yeah, I would say here's three steps. And you don't have to do them together. They can, you can do one of these three or you can do all three. Okay. Um, the first one is sit for two minutes and breathe. Um, it's, it's everything I'm going to say is going to sound super cliche, but it's cliche because it works. Is sit down and breathe in for about six seconds, hold your breath and breathe out for a couple seconds and just sit and just think about your breathing. So I'll lay down on my back and put my hands on my chest and my stomach. And I'll breathe in deep until I feel in my chest and my stomach rises and I'll hold that for a second and I'll breathe out just for a couple minutes. Um, it helps me. A ton. It helps me yeah. centering. Um, you know, there's a really cool, uh, there's a really cool belief. It's not biblical, so don't hold me to this. Um, that in the <laughs> Old Testament, uh, Yahweh was only spelled with consonants, um, and it's hard to pronounce. But they say the pronunciation would be yeah. And it is uh, there is Jewish beliefs that that is the name of God is breathing is the sound of breathing. Um, and I, I've connected to this really well as far as like sitting down and just meditating on the Word of God by focusing on my breathing. And so it's almost like I'm calling out to God. Uh, so that's been something really, really, really helpful for me. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool to think about. I could go on a rant about it. That's dope. I think it's so cool. First yeah. thing we do when we're born, we freaking breathe. You know, speak the name of God. That's the right. thing You're we right. do, we speak the name of God. When we're stressed, people tell you to breathe to calm down. It's because we're meditating on the word of God so, or the name of God. So all makes sense. So now I, I don't know. And don't take this biblical, but it, it works for me. The breathing works for me. Got it. Um, Got the it. other thing is journaling. 
is uh, for many, especially for guys, all of these things, um, journaling can seem like such like, am I keeping a diary? Um, and it's not that at all. Uh, it is just, it's just writing down. Like it could be a writing my day. Sometimes I write letters to my daughter. Sometimes I will write letters to myself. Um, and I just sit and I just take five to 10 minutes and I just write as much as I can in that time. And then I'm done. And something about uh, our thoughts a lot of times are uh, cyclical, so they'll like go in circles. And so by writing it out, it gets us off that track, gets us off that, that loop, and it allows us to kind of break free from it. And so definitely um, uh, writing down in a journal. And then the last thing is just like, is, is for me is working out, like is, is going on a walk. And I, I'm not like this health nut, but like anyone going outside and taking a 10 to 15 minute walk in the sun um, the, the studies have shown that vitamin D helps with this. It makes a huge, huge difference. Um, exercise has shown to be as helpful as prescription medication with depression and anxiety. And so a lot of people think I work out because I want to look good naked. No, it's not that. I may have been why I started working out, but that, that isn't. I work out now because it, it is my medication. Like it is, it is my medication. It's my time to decompress. It's my time to let out some emotion. I listen to like sad music when I work out. Um, but try to go on a, I do, I'm, I'm real weird, but try to go on like a 10 minute walk, try to do like 10 minutes of exercise and you'll be so surprised at what that can do for you. It really can make a huge difference. Okay. So we got three tips for you. So one is breathing <laughs> Two, number breathing. two is journaling, which I think is dope. I'm doing two yep. of the three. I got to get the journal game right. And then number three is exercise. Exercise has been, I've been exercising yep. the last two years. Lost about 70 pounds trying to get on a transplant list. And now it's no longer doing a workout for physical. It's just therapeutic at this point. For me, yeah, it's it gives me time it's to think, relax, communicate to myself, pray, do whatever I got to do. Uh, so it's done that for me now even more. Uh Zach, how do people follow you, your podcast, your website? Give me all that information. Yeah, so... Um for the podcast, dirtydevotional.com, you can search Dirty Devotionals on Spotify, pod, all the all the podcast platforms, you can search for it on there. Um, if you're interested in like help with like trying to figure out your exercise and, and how all of that fits with anxiety and depression, anewtraining.com, you can also go through. If you want to follow me and just be a part of my craziness and all of that, uh, yeah. at uh, Zach underscore chill, Z-A-C-H underscore chill, C-H-I-L, not two L's, one L, um, and you'll find me there. But dude, uh, before, before, I just want to thank you, man. I hope you know I value your story, what you're doing. Um, I think it's so, I think, again, you said this to me, but I'm going to say it to you. Like, what you're doing impacts people. Um, and people people will be different. The trajectory of people's lives are different. And how they look at their life and how they look at God is going to be different because of how you led the way. And so I commend you for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. And um I've been just asking God, I told you this, I think a week or two ago before we were communicating to get this done is that for 20 years, I've just interviewed artists all my life. Like, and I've asked God the last two years, like father, I'll keep doing that. But cause I'm still associated with some of the music business and I'm like, Lord, I, I want to talk to people who have amazing stories that people can feel inspired, uh, empowered and feel like, Lord, they're still, you're still not done with me. And so to me, you are a prime example of that. Not just your podcast, your story, who you are, how you maneuver, and uh, shout out to your ba baby O. Who love my girl. I'm, I'm a dad, man, so I I try to represent fathers all the time. And so to me, when I hear you and I and I everything, man, I watch you. I'm a fan. Like I don't just say that 
because we're doing an interview. Like you've captivated not my heart. Uh, some of the things I see you doing, I'm like, man, this is, this is really dope. And it's just been like, I've been asking God, like bring the doors open to other people that have great platforms and have great stories and God is leading them to do great things. And I think you're a prime example of that. So I'm honored that you took the time. I know you, you got a crazy schedule. I told you I was going to keep you under 30 minutes. I did. I'm at 35. And so I want to say thank you, Zach, again, because I know you're a man of your word. Appreciate your heart for people, bro, and the way you maneuver and speak. You don't change. You're the same dude I talked to on here like you're on the podcast. And to me, that is something that is something that a lot of people may just say that happens, but it's not something that you can find all the time. So again, the quiero, bro. You already know whenever you're in the 305, my boy, if I ever show up to Detroit or I'm in those areas where you're at, then I'll definitely hit you up. Maybe get a workout session in. Uh, again, dirtydevotional.com or the Dirty Devotional Podcast on Spotify, wherever you check them out. Go follow the pod, the, the, the Facebook group is like, I, I think over 300 people mm-hmm. at this point. I remember it's been just growing and growing and it's, it's a great community of people in there. Uh, that are encouraging. People are asking for prayer petitions. It's like a church, cuz, like, up in man. there. It's like I a like church, it. straight up. Yeah. I love it. That's why I go on there. And so go check him out again, Zach. Thank you again for everything, man. I appreciate you. God bless you, homie. We're out of here. Daddy Dialogue and the Dad Chat, powered by the Daddy Dialogue Podcast. Lo quiero. God bless you guys.